Danger Talk Season 1, Episode 4. We got the one and only CP3, a.k.a. Chris Paul, the point God. This episode of Danger Talk is sponsored by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Welcome back to Danger Talk. I'm Jeff Dye, and it's like deja vu, Russell. <laughs> Russell Wilson is on fire. Another five touchdown performance against the Cowboys. You are a machine. Hey, listen, man, we're, we're, we're cooking some things up, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we're cooking some things up. But, uh, you know, it's been fun. Uh, we've, we've been balling. We've made a play. we got to, you know, we got to rub it in. You know, Shaq, you know, he talked about this Cowboys thing. So, you know, on, his, on our episode one of Danger Talk, he was talking about the Cowboys and rubbing it in. So we might have to buzz him back. What do you think, Jeff? I think that's a great idea, man. Back-to-back weeks going down the wire. You guys let the lead slip away a little bit before coming up with a big clutch touchdown uh, to DK. I mean, how are you staying calm? And when, like, how? I, I'm dying in my house, just watching and yelling and breaking things. Uh, I mean, how do you, how do you stay so calm? No, I, I've been there calm. before. I've been there before, man. I've been through a lot in my lifetime, but uh, I think I think just uh, just being just being ready, looking forward to the moments. You know, I think that you got you got to remain neutral. You know, I you know Jeff, you know about our company, Limitless Minds, but my brother Harry and I and and, and uh, Trevor Moat, who's number one, uh, you know, sports mental coach. He's worked with Alabama, worked with some of the best teams in the world, worked with OKC Thunders, worked with the Clippers, worked with so many other great teams. And Michael Johnson, 1996 gold medalist. Um, we, we've worked we've worked together for a long time, Trevor and I, and then Harry and DJ. We formed a company called Limitless Minds, just talking about n- neutral thinking and how important it is to to in the midst of not just and not just in the midst of the game, but also life and business and family and how to remain neutral. It's been a big part of who I am and what I believe over the past 10, 11 years of my life. And I just think that that, that helps me stay neutral in the midst of the moment and uh, not to, and like I said, I, I look forward to the tough times. I look forward to the tough moments. I know we're going to be able to come on the other end of it and, and finish strong. So uh, it was huge to get a win. And that team was good. You know, I think that, you know, it was, it was crazy to think about, you know, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, their defense and, and how they their pass rush and stuff like that. We were able to they got to us early on, you know, Alden coming back to see him back in the NFL. Uh, you know, I told him after the game, it's so cool seeing him back because he was such a dominant player in the NFL. Um, you know, when I first came in the league and just to see him back, I was you know, I was uh talking to him about that. But you know, it's been uh it's been a good start for us. Three and oh huge. I know our Seahawks fans are fired up and uh oh, man. And we're going we're going all the way to Miami, six hour flight, COVID. Uh, is uh, there's the 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 doors are open in uh, Florida, so uh, you know I'm just praying that everybody can stay healthy and everything going on with the, you know, the Titans and everything else. Um, it's kind of a crazy time right now in the NFL. Well, last I don't know if any last week in the two minute drill, I asked you and Randy Moss who's your favorite teammate, and you said DK Metcalf and Turbin. Uh, did anybody get jealous about that? Did Tyler Lockett get jealous? <laughs> Tyler knows he's one of my favorites too, man. I, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, Tyler and I are super close too. you know, um, you know, Turbo and I have been, you know, cause we came in the league together. Jimmy Graham was another one I'm super close with Tyler, you know, spiritually we've connected in so many different ways. Obviously we our, our connection on the field is so special. And then DK, yeah. you know, it's, he's such a, uh, he's like a, he's like a brother to me. He's like a younger brother to me. So, you know, just, you know, he's one of those guys too. So those guys have had some major impacts. He's got, I got others too, as well. Um, you know, that I'm pretty close with too. So, but, um, those guys are some of my favorites. Yeah. You and Tyler Lockett, you guys were on fire. And I know that you said that you and DK worked out quite a bit in the offseason. 
uh, but you and Tyler didn't work out in the offseason. You know uh, how crazy? are you guys clicking that well? You know what's crazy about me and Tyler? We don't really we don't really work out that much together in the offseason. Uh, you know, I, I work out like crazy. He he kind of chills for a while <laughs> um, and just you know, he, and, and uh, it's just amazing how he comes out and does everything so to perfection. He knows the game so well. He's got a quarterback mind. And so he had those three touchdowns. He's such a special player. I, I, I've been saying to you, Jeff, I think he's he is one of the top, you know, five, seven, eight receivers. I, I think top five receivers in the league. Oh, yeah. you know, just because of his, his production is amazing. He may not be able to jump over guys and, you know, all that kind of stuff. He can do that sometimes, but the reality is, is that he runs by guys and he's so quick and uh, he makes the right decision every time. And I think he's one of the best receivers in the game and uh, he, he needs to be shouted out more. Cause I think he's, I think he's, I know he's in my top, top two <laughs> and I got DK yeah. and, and, and Tyler up there as, as some of those guys for me. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful just to have those guys on my team. And uh, I know a lot of 12s. I think, you know, a lot of 12s watch and listen to this show. Uh, so I'd be remiss if I don't bring it up. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about the DK fumble situation. Uh, you know, what'd you think? But also, what'd you say to him afterwards? Did you say to anything to him? Well, it was before a, it was the a sweet game when he touched him. <laughs> it was a sweet play by him. First of all, getting open, and then obviously uh, that that was uh, you know uh, unacceptable, inexcusable. But he he knows that. I mean, he's he's such a great player. I, I didn't have to worry about it. I went up to him, just said, hey. Got a lot of game left, but you're going to make a play. And when we got down later in the game, the end of the fourth, you know, I just kind of told him, "Hey, the ball's going to come to you. You're going to make a play at some point." Um, and just, you know, he, he's so he's so died on. He cares so much, you know. So I know anytime you know something like that happens, he he felt he felt bad. But I I'm not concerned about him. If anybody I'm, I'm concerned about is him. His work ethic is unbelievable, unmatchable. Cool. He's so focused, so dialed in all the time. So um, like I said, I, I don't have to be concerned about him. It's it's a good lesson. He's you know the crazy thing about DK. He's only 22 years old. You know, it's like, I mean, I can't wait to see what he looks like, you know, five, six, seven, eight years from now. It's going to be amazing. Just Strongest 22-year-old I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, so check his birth certificate. So check his birth certificate. I don't, yeah, that's a, that's a monster. Uh, so Seahawks are 3-0. and uh, That's the first time they've done that since 2013. And uh, But Russell Wilson has set the NFL record for the most touchdown passes in the first three games ever with 14. That's incredible and there's a lot of football to be played this season and i know that you're a humble guy and i know that you give us nice answers about like you know i just want to make the team win what but have you taken any time to just soak up just to sit in what right now is and go man can you believe what i'm doing and can you believe what's happening i mean have you reveled in any of that a little you know man i don't have time to no time okay to. you know it's like one of those things that the mission ain't done there's a lot more to do I'm dialed in to ready to, for the next, this week, you know, I've been studying like crazy already, uh, studying on Miami, you know, Monday, Tuesday, all day, you know, um, you know, so, you know, really the focus is focuses on waiting. The focus is on, you know, you know, how can we turn, you know, those opportunities into more, you know, and just keep getting better, stay focused, stay, stay zoned in. Um, Let's and, celebrate a little Russ. Come on. You're <laughs> crushing it. Yeah, it's good. It's good, man. It's good. We're winning. That's what that's what matters most. Yeah, and, which uh, means fantasy teams are winning and twelves are happy. Yeah, you know, if you if, if you obviously Dra- DraftKings is our sponsor, so I know if you love fantasy. But you know, listen, I, I think that the reality is is that uh, it's been fun. I've been preparing for this all all off season, all my whole life, man. Just trying to be the best in the world and trying to step it up and and um, and being zoned in. And you are. I'm trying to be neutral in my mindset. 
not be too high, not too low, and just and just keep going, you know. So we got we got more to do and more places to go and more touchdowns to score. All right. Well, I'm excited for our guest. I mean, we we've had home run after home run after home run. I guess you'd say touchdown uh, for every guest. Uh, are you are you excited for for this one? This is a big one. This is a huge. This is a huge one. I'm excited uh, because this guy is really special. Has done so many amazing things. Um, so many different ways and uh, I'm fired up for you guys uh, to listen to this guy right here because I know he's going to bring us so much knowledge so much impact so many things to talk about um, you know from obviously uh, the sport that he plays in the NBA to his life his family but also some of the racial injustices and things that are going on in America I know he's going to have so much to talk about so I'm excited. Are you, are you ready, Jeff? Let's bring him in. All right. Our guest today is a 10-time NBA All-Star, four-time All-NBA First Team, two-time. I said, that's right. I said two-time Olympic gold medalist. He was instrumental in the NBA bubble creation and the league's fight for social justice. Some people like to call him the point god. So let's bring in the one and only CP3, a.k.a. Chris Paul. Chris, what's up, man? Appreciate y'all having me. What's up, baby? How you feeling, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, life is different out the bubble. You know what <laughs> I mean? But, uh, you know, alive and well. So that's that's a good thing. What what you've been up to ever since uh, the season ended and everything else? I know uh, you put so much into it, but what you've been up to with your family? I mean, how many kids you have, Chris? I got two. I got two kids. I got an 11 year old son and an eight year old little girl. And you know, the bubble. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of things I can say about it. Um, it was amazing, first of all, to get there and be able to collaborate with a lot of guys. And as you know, like just to get a chance to compete again, yeah. right? Because quarantine, you just, you're home. And, and, and when you get a chance to play sports, especially at the level that we do, that's part of who we are, right? So then getting home, being away from my kids for, for 70 days, right? Like I've never been away from my kids that long. It's it's tough to come back in and get reacclimated, and now they're in school, and that's a whole another story. I ain't nobody. <laughs> are, are, are they do Are they doing online school and everything right now, or what? Yeah, yeah, they doing online school. So my my wife is the substitute teacher that I never had, right? So she is she is um, God sent. You know what I mean for how how she's been, and I'm just trying to be there when she needs me. Yeah, where'd, where'd, where'd y'all meet, you and your wife, back in the day? Crazy, man. Me and my wife met my freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. So our high schools were playing against each other in, like, the city tournament. It's called the Frank Spencer. And my dad was still assistant coach at my old high school. And so I went to West Side, She went to Mount Tabor. So I was 18. Yeah. What'd you do? Instagram DMs? How'd you do it? <laughs> This was way before Instagram, way before Twitter. This is before this we, have game. we have different games then. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is back when we used to have uh, sidekicks. Y'all remember that? Yeah, I remember yeah. sidekick. We had a sidekick and we had AIM. We had AOL Instant Messenger. Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I, I remember back in, the, back in the day when uh, AIM, AOL, 3.0 and all that and You'd have that dial up and somebody in your family. My, my mom, I think, would pick up the phone just just to interrupt me on purpose to cut it off. <laughs> you know, I'd be so hot. But uh, Yeah, we had, we had some times in college, boy. Oof. Yeah. Crazy. So oh, seven, I, 70 days being away from your kids. I mean, 
I mean, I so the thing with in, in the NFL and comparing to the NFL and NBA is like, you know, I get to come home to my kids every day because of the setup. I mean, we got we have fifty three guys who are on the roster, you know, right. roughly, and really, really, it's about a hundred guys, and the process is a lot different. But you know, being away from your kids for 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 that long is is kind of crazy, you know, to think about. And so, what was the process for them? Were they were they were they obviously obviously they're missing you, but do, do you guys just FaceTime every day and just the whole process? Man, Russ, how, how many kids you got? We got we have three now. So uh we got three son. We got we have Sienna who's who's uh who's our little daughter who's she's three, and then we have we just had Win. So Right, right. So look, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. And one thing about your kids, you notice know FaceTime is only temporary, <laughs> right? Because that at a certain point, at a certain point, they just like, all right, I don't want to talk to dad over the phone no more. Right? Yeah. Like you get a good 30 seconds out of them, two minutes, but at some point they just like, okay, you're not here. So that that's the toughest part. So luckily we sort of had time before we went to the bubble and I was playing in Oklahoma. So I left my family in LA, went to Oklahoma for a while before the bubble. And my daughter is so artsy, right? Like she loves to draw, she loves the color. And it's funny, I got it right here. And she drew this for me. Um, well, you can see it or whatever. She drew this. She colored this That's for good. me, and it says from Cameron, and it says, can you take it to Orlando, right? <laughs> so this was maybe like the week before I went to the bubble. So the whole time I was in the bubble, I had this up uh, on my wall, right? And it's just, it's crazy. As much as we travel, and you know how you travel too, even aside from being an athlete, you just travel, doing so much stuff during the summer, is that I made a point to always be at my kids' birthdays. Right. Mm-hmm. The one thing you learn too in this is that you can have all the money and all the resources and all this, but your kids know the truth. Mm-hmm. They know if you're there. And that was probably the hardest moment for me in the bubble was that my daughter's eighth birthday, I couldn't be there. Yeah, that's got to be tough, man. Just thinking about it, but you did such a good job with it. Obviously, the NFL. You know, we we're going through this process now. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but obviously the Tennessee Titans they, you know, saw they, that they got eight people on the team going through Corona and everything else and with, with COVID and, and just, it's kind of a, kind of a crazy process, but, you know, speaking of the NFL, um, you know, do, do you watch a lot of football? Ooh, uh, oh, yeah. You, yeah. We got to get that out of the way right up the top. I know you, Chris, you don't know me, but I'm born and raised in Seattle. I'm a big Seahawks fan. Russ is from Seattle. We bought him. He's ours now. And, uh, so we got to get this out of the way. Which NFL team do you root for Chris? Man, you know, it's funny. I grew up a diehard Cowboys fan. Well, well, well. That's why we had you on the call this week. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, that's, we... that's how I grew up. But since I, like, obviously know guys and stuff like that a lot more, right, I, I support guys. I actually was at your game last year in, uh, was it Philly? Yeah, Philly. Mm-hmm. At Philly. It was at Philly. It was a playoff was game at... or it was a playoff game or a regular season game? It was. It was a regular season game. Yep, regular season game. Yep, it's a good game. I think it might have been ordered to play. I don't remember, but I was at the game. And what's so crazy for me is I, I grew up playing football. Oh, you like did? I played yeah. my, first, my first two years in high school, my freshman and sophomore year, I was on varsity football and JV basketball. Really? Yeah, so like I played Pop Warner my whole life, all that. I love what, it. What position did you play? Quarterback. Okay, you're slinging around. Chris Paul playing point guard. <laughs> And I play this fits our next question perfectly, right? And I play and I play middle linebacker too. You know yeah. what I mean? So like I love to hit people. And that's I tell people that's why I play basketball the way I play, like physical. 
Well, you probably leading with your head and everything, huh? Just man, listen, I'm coming straight forward. Straight forward. All right, let me find out something, man. <laughs> All right, Russ. I got a question for Russ and a question for you, Chris. Yep. You just said you played football. I want you to name five NFL players you think would be good in the NBA. And Russ, I want you to name five NBA players you think could play in the NFL. All right. I'll let Chris go first. You let me go first. I'll let you go first. <laughs> oh man. Uh well, I say the first person I say is OBJ. Yep. And oh, okay. the reason is, and this is so crazy, and I'm not old by no means, but when I played in New Orleans, um, he went to Newman. He went to Newman High School, which is right there in New Orleans. Little Chris was in uh, was in kindergarten or like pre-K at the same school that Odell was. He was like a senior. And so I went to go see him play basketball. So, okay, uh, Odell's <laughs> one. Yeah, he, he, He's a good he athlete. He can hoop. Uh, Metcalf, can he hoop? Shoot, he's tall enough. Yeah, he, he, right. he's like a big old, big old uh, LeBron, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see who was. Uh, Cam. Cam. Yep. Cam. Oh, yeah. I seen Cam Cam hooping a few times. What's your shot look like? It's all right, man. You, yeah, I don't know if you ever. I'm going to dish it, though. You know what I mean? I'm going to dish that thing. My shot's all right. I'm going to hit it if I'm open. Uh, I seen Gronk dribbling one time in a video and ain't really like what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I got to get two more, two more guys that can hoop. Um, dang, you got to come back to me. All dang, right, we'll we'll we'll, 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 uh, we'll we'll find the other two later, Nate. Uh, okay, so Jeff, you said who who do I think could play in the NBA? Yeah, from football. Or There's some big fo- boys in play in the NBA and play in the NFL. Man, let's think about this. All right, right. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going with um, LeBron James. He'd be he'd be like my uh my tight end tight slash receiver. Um I'm gonna go, you know, I've thrown football with Kawhi. We we live down in Cali together, so uh we live about five minutes away from each other. So I'm gonna go with Kawhi. You know, Them he, hands. Yeah, you better he, be. he got huge hands, man. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna pick him. I've I've thrown him some post routes before and some deep crosses. I'm gonna go with, you know, I, I had a fun time uh about three years ago with Jimmy Butler. Speaking of Jimmy Butler, the NBA play NBA final, I I, I threw with Jimmy Butler. Um, we're actually at UCLA, me and Antonio Brown. Uh, so it was one-on-one matchups, Antonio versus Jimmy. So Jimmy did good too. I like a lot. Did he? Uh, yeah, he could play. So I'm gonna go with Jimmy Butler. So that's, that's three, right? Um, yeah. you know, let's think here. Who else could I go with? Um, I'm definitely in, I'm definitely going, I'm, you know what, Chris, you said you could play football. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go oh, with Jimmy. Yeah. You go, oh, yeah. go be my quarterback. You say you say you like to smack people, but I'm gonna go to my, my quarterback. Uh, you know, drop it back in the pocket. He's six one, could move, could dish it, no look passes. So I'm looking forward to that. So that's four. Um, who else would be good, man? I'm, I'm trying to think who else would be good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Russell Westbrook. He's a, he's yeah, an yeah. athlete. He's an athlete. So I'm a, okay. Yeah. I'll, Put Russ so, back, just stand on the ball, tell him run straight. Yeah. So that, that, that's gonna be my five right there. All right. So I. I what about good. Rondo? He's got those big hands. You know, I, I think Rondo be a I, good quarterback. Ron, Rondo would be good, but I got Chris dropping back in the pocket already, man. So right, you know, fair you got your squad already. All right. Yeah. All right. Ty, Ty, Ty Gurley. Ty Gurley is a Carolina boy. He's from Carolina. Ty Ty used to hoop a little bit too. Bro, really? I put Ty. You yep. said little Chris earlier, which uh, which I didn't. I, don't, I think that's the weirdest thing about the NBA is that a point guard can be like you're six one. I remember Gary Payton was six uh, four, and everybody be like, "Isn't little Chris? Uh, isn't little Gary Payton so cute? Little, little <laughs> Gary Payton?" I was like, "He's not little. He's just playing with giants." That must be like a weird thing for your world. 
that's that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Like every time people meet me, they be like, "Man, you look a lot sh- shorter on TV." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, that's because Gallinari that I'm standing to a six nine. You know, yeah, you're you're big in regular life. Like in the NBA, they're calling you small. It's like no, it's not. It's very weird." <laughs> You know, I, I think for me, it's always funny because when I think about going to the huddle, it's always funny because I always feel like I'm, I'm I'm big on the field. I'm not sure if you feel this way, Chris, <laughs> but like you point guard, I'm a quarterback. So like when I go on, the, when I go onto the field, I feel like, man, I'm, I'm with these dudes. Like I'm just as big. I'm just as strong, just as fast. I feel like. And then I see these pictures and I'm like, <laughs> man, I look like I'm tiny out there. I, it's it's kind of you kind of forget how small you are compared to everybody else. I, do you ever feel that way when you're playing uh, hoops and stuff? All the time. All the time, but what's so crazy about it too is uh, during quarantine, I was in Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. And so we just tried to break up the monotony with our team on some days. So I went to the football field and I was throwing routes with Darius Baisley, one of my rookies. And he's like tall, long arms, long legs. <laughs> and he was running routes. And I went out on the field. And when you walk out on the field, it just makes you feel taller, yeah, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if it's the cleats, because of course I'm not always it spiky. gives you get an extra little inch, you know what I mean? I just, I just felt taller being out there on the field. And it's, it, is, it is different, especially like when you meet each other, when you meet one another, and you'd be like, dang, he looks so much taller on the, <laughs> the field than he is. So, Yeah, for sure. It's, it's funny, like you're seeing guys, you mentioned DK earlier, like you don't realize how big he is until you see him in person. Like, you know, he, he's so tall, but he's also strong and everything else. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. But let's go back to your college days for a second. You know, so you you uh, obviously wait for us. I, I went to NC State. So we used to well, I used to watch you. And, and when I was young, I used to watch yeah. you play. You know what I mean? But uh, so talk to me about now, though. You're doing you're going you're going back to to Winston-Salem State, right? Yeah. So it's crazy. So I'm born and raised in Winston. Right. Um and you know, from being at NC State, you got all the different schools, all the different HBCUs is there in North Carolina. You know what I mean? You got North Carolina Central, yep. uh, you got Livingstone, you got all these different schools. And so for me, even though I went to Wake Forest and I did, I went for two years, everybody in my family went to HBCU. So for me, um, obviously I've been championing HBCUs for a while now and nobody even knew. My first day of class, right? for this semester was the first day of the playoffs. Oh, really? Like my first day of class in the classes that I'm in right now was my first game for the playoffs. So you, you just, you're just zooming in and everybody's like, what you doing here? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because everybody on your class, like they see your name and one of the assignments, like our teacher said we had to like comment on what she had put as the assignment and then we had to reply to two other people in our class. So, of course, I replied to people in my class. Next thing you know, I look at in my inbox and I see people like, are you, are you Chris Paul? Are you really? The, are you the CP3? I'm so, so I, I, you mentioned that you've, you've obviously over the, over the years, thank you and your style. What's your stylist name again? Courtney, Courtney Mays. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you and uh, Courtney have done some pretty cool stuff just uh, with your yeah. fashion and all that. You've always been a fashionable guy and all that stuff, but just in terms of, how you've represented these historically black colleges and universities, which has been really cool over time. So you've been, you've been doing it before, you know, before, you know, this whole process with, with everything else that's been going on recently. Sort of like so, a cool thing to, to do now. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so um, kind of how, how that all come about as you mentioned, your family w- went to HBCUs and everything else, but can you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, so it's crazy. You asked a good question. People don't necessarily ask these these things all the time. So what I, what I say to that is, you you notice as a professional athlete, like financial literacy is real, yeah. right? And so the longer I've been in the league and especially being a part of the union, the more I see stuff and I'd be like, man, why are these guys going broke? What are they spending their money on? We don't know. You know, for a lot of us, we thrust into this position at 19, 20 years old. It's like we hit the lottery and there's no teaching with it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about for you, Russ, but I mean, especially being from Winston, as soon as I got drafted, I wanted a chain. I wanted a car with the spinning wheels, you know, because that's, that's what we call success. And so literally me and Courtney, we were talking about like clothes and things like this. And it was like, you know, the fact that walking into the arena or whatnot, or you walking into the stadium has become a runway. It's like, how can we champion some of these people who don't necessarily get a big platform? Yeah. You know, how can you be a voice sometimes for the voiceless? And we said that. We was like, you know what? We want to start championing uh, black designers. Right? Yeah. And so through that, it started evolving. And what's been so dope about it is wearing the clothes is one thing, but getting educated along the way. Right? Some of these HBCUs that I wear, every time I like dive into it, and I be like, dang, this is why this school was created and how it was created. This is the funding. Oh, and these people went here. Like Shannon Sharp went to uh, Savannah State. You start learning all this different type stuff, so it makes it fun and educational at the same time. No, I, I love the fact that you you love history like that, and I think that's it's such a big part of one who you are. But it's a big part of our history and a big part of you know how America's come to the place that we are now, and just and and, and the people that have created opportunity you know for us, and 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 so it's always just cool. And I, I you know I think that it's you know awesome. I, I you know, you're wearing that victory shirt, for example, and just, you know, just these different meanings and stuff like that. I think that's super important. And then also, obviously, you you representing, you know, um, not just the black community, but just representing history has been really cool in your fashion and the process of what you what, what you stand for. And I know you'd be like, I, I heard that you've traveled like eight duffel bags or something crazy. Right. I, I pack a lot, but eight duffel bags, right. I mean, right. eight duffel bags. Well, when I went, when I went to the bowl, it was a lot. It was a lot. You don't know how long you're gonna I be there. I guess it is seventy plus days, maybe. So, <laughs> I, I I didn't know how long I was gonna be there, man. And and I I like clothes. I like clothes. And the other thing too is I obviously I love shoes and stuff. Yeah. What was so cool, even you know wearing some of the stuff that I wear is, um, a guy who sort of like works for the NBA and the NBA Entertainment. I was, you know, while we in the bubble, there's people filming you and stuff, and they don't necessarily say anything to you. They're just doing their job. And one day I was walking to the bus, and he peeked out around the camera and was like, Chris, I went to Virginia Union. Yep. I, I, grew, you know up, I, mean? I, I grew up right near Virginia Union. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I grew up oh, in Richmond. Yeah. Yep. Yes, yes, exactly. So, like, that's when you know you sort of, like, doing the right stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times... As you know, these schools are overlooked, right? And then it's the history of I wasn't always in the history, first and foremost. My teachers probably back in the day would tell you that. Yeah. But as I as I've gotten older, I like to I like to, I always ask why. <laughs> right? Yeah. Why? Like why was this school created? Teach me. Well, I think that's always an important question. And growing up in Virginia, as you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, those schools, I I think about like, you know, other schools too, like Hampton. 
Yeah, right, down the road, right down the road. Brooklyn, his freshman year. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, my 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 grandfather was actually the president of Norfolk State for twenty two years, and he just passed away last year, unfortunately. But you know that. so yeah, so I used to, um, you know, uh, I used to, you know, always hear amazing stories, and my dad used to talk about the woo woo girls and all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> so you know, so I, I've heard it all, but it's uh, it's been cool, man, just along the way watching your fashion, and but also connecting it back to history and and everything else. So let's, let's talk about this bubble, though. You know, obviously, you know, uh, you being uh, the president of the NBA PA and just putting this whole thing together, which I'm fascinated about as much as you have going on, which is definitely interesting. I want to talk about, too, as well Is you know, the NBA is different than NFL in so many different ways. And I think you guys do such a good job of the players really being the faces in the front of it, which I think we need to do more, honestly. And I, I want to learn from you, too, you know, in, in this process, because I think that you guys are, are such great leaders in the process and everything else, but all the conversations you have. And so obviously COVID hits right in the middle of y'all's dang season, the midst of everything. And, you know, I know there's a tons of calls. Everybody talked about the calls, but take me into those calls. Talk, yeah. Take me into those conversations because I know other, a few other NBA guys and talk to them too as well. But I'd love to know from you as you being the leader, the president of the whole process is what were the few things that you were really focused on to making sure that happened for the players, but also for the whole process of it all. And then what were those conversations like? What, what was the feeling like? Also, Chris, I know you're married, but some of these guys are young, single NBA players. Couldn't you put a few girls in the bubble for them? <laughs> That's out. <laughs> That's out. That's out. Not on real. Not on real. Not on do it. So what's, what's crazy, what's crazy is, I mean, I'll take you on some of those calls and I'll tell you literally before I got on this call, I was on a call with Adam and uh, Kyle Lowry and Dwight Powell and we were talking about potentially next season. You know what I mean? So it doesn't stop. And so first and foremost, as you talked about, like our families, right? Like my wife, she's the one who really is sacrificing because a lot of times she sacrificed me and my time. Right. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like it's crazy. It's, it's anybody that's on these uh, executive committees or whatnot. It's not a paid position. <laughs> right. So it's service. You know what I mean? It's service. And that's why, like, I commend all the guys that we got in our league that's on our executive committee. And through all of this stuff, our executive committee was amazing. But the guy who. None of this stuff would have happened without is Andre the dollar. Really? Right. So Dre, me and Dre been on the executive committee for years and the amount of conversations me and him had to have and trying to manage um, all the different players. Cause you, you think about it, you know, it's 450 players, right? So what may be good for this guy might not be good for this guy. But what you have to do is have to have very tough conversations and hard conversations and, like I'm learning throughout the whole thing, but when everything happened back in March and we stopped playing, right? It was because of COVID. Yeah. Right. And now we're having these calls with the league trying to figure out how we can resume playing because of COVID. Then boom, George Floyd happens. And it's not just COVID anymore. It's COVID. It's social injustice. Right. And so now you're battling, like, should we play? (laughs) Right. And I'm sure you guys dealt with it, too. It's not like it's not can we play It Should we play? And so in having all these conversations, what we ultimately decided was that if we stay home and don't play, aside from the financial ramifications, is 
that bubble will be the biggest platform that we can have. Yeah. Right. So however we feel on certain situations and subjects, we need to go there and say that and play at the same time. Because mental health, as you know, could you imagine going however many amount much amount of time without without playing football? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think about that because you bring up a good point because you think about not just, you know, the COVID part, part of it and the financial part of it, that's one thing for sure. And you guys had already played, you know, real out is you guys have played, what, half your season, a little bit, you know, yeah, half, right. maybe a little bit more. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, for us, we hadn't even played a game yet. So guys financially, you know, have to go through this whole process of not, you know, what, what's that going to look like for not financially? And some guys, you know, realize you know, and, and that may not be an option, right? So that's a real thing to talk about, especially with players and the families and the decisions and things they may, they're responsible for. But then on top of that is what you mentioned with George Floyd, you know, that happening right in front of our eyes, you know, and having to deal with that in the midst of trying to decide all these decisions that you guys had to do and, and trying to get prepared. And then also as, us as an NFL, us feeling the same way. And how do we prepare for that? And I think you bring up a good point is, you know, how are we going to have the biggest impact? How are we, how are we going to get our voices out? What's that going to sound like? What's it going to be like? If we're, if we're not doing it, will, will it be as big of an, if we're not playing, will it be as, as big of an impact? Where all these major networks, you know, I think, you know, to be able to force, you know, in a way, force their hand to be able to talk more about the racial issues and address some of these things and not hide away from them. But us being in front and center, in the middle of the conversation, it's so critical, right? Especially when you think about the NBA, some of the best players in the world, African-American, black dudes who are going through it, have been through it. Same thing in the NFL now. Times have changed in the NFL in so many different ways. Now more black quarterbacks being in the front of it all. And so it's a process of it all. But knowing that the best way is to having that microphone in front of us and being able to talk about the issues and actually having those conversations. And so when, when, when we go back to, the moment of you guys actually deciding that how, how did that all come about? Cause it, it, for you guys, for the NBA, obviously in the NFL, we got over 1600, some players or whatever it is, but for you guys, you know, having 450, roughly 450 players or whatever, you know, does it, does it go all 450 guys on a call or is it just the top 20 guys? How does that work? Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. So every team has, a, um, has a representative, right? Like a team rep. And there are certain calls that we did like that where the team rep would vote on on behalf of their team, right? So you talk to your team, figure out what your, your team's vote is on whether you guys want to play or not. But we also did calls that was basically open. It was open. We sent out texts to every player that's in our league and was like, look, we're having this very informational call. Uh, get on it. If you feel a way, say something. Now, the toughest thing about our league is that when those calls happen, everybody and their mamas are on them and not not players, right? Yeah. So that's the hardest part. Like, I can't imagine having as many players as y'all have, but the hardest part is some of these conversations you need to have and you need to keep them in-house, right? Yeah. But that's, that's not always going to be the case. And it is what it is. You're sort of used to it by now. But... Um, Ultimately, there were votes and talked to guys and guys was like, okay, but everyone didn't always agree, right? But that's okay. It was guys who may have initially felt like, man, we, 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 we might not should play. We should do this. We should do that. And then it was guys who got to the bubble who actually came up and was like, yo, see, man, like, 
I originally didn't want to do this, but I'm happy that we did. Right. Yeah. And then even once we got to the bubble and I know you asked me about this yet, but everybody's playing and all these games are going on, but the Jacob Blake situation. Happened. Exactly. I was just about to ask you, you know, how'd you guys get through that? All the yeah. things going on. Yeah. That, that was probably one of the, the, the toughest things. And when I say tough, I just like, I'm so grateful for, for everybody, like our players, like, the guys are so smart and so aware. And like you were saying, like as far as you guys and you guys learning or whatnot, but what we did then started to really be in the, the negotiations and we understand and we understand the business aspect of it and we understand how strong our voice is. So uh, Michelle Roberts, who is our executive director, she is amazing. When I say amazing, she is a, you know, when you're a leader, sometimes you got to know when to let the other people you know, do it. Mm-hmm. And think about it. Like, I think she's the first woman to ever lead a professional sports union, right? Yeah. So as powerful and strong as she is, when we in some of those meetings, she like, y'all got it. <laughs> y'all got it. So we're grateful to her for empowering us to to do that. But that that room, when we needed to take a pause and talk, it was some hard, heated conversations, but it was necessary. Well, I, I think, too, you know, we think about, first of all, Jeff, uh, we need to have uh, Michelle on, on, on our, uh, you know, on our podcast maybe one of these days. Oh, yeah, you should. We should, we should, we should, we should. But when you're, talking about, uh, when you're talking about everything that you're just talking about with all the racial tensions, then you're in the middle of the playoff. Like, I'm thinking about middle of everything going on, and the Jacob Blake situation happens in the weight of that, and then the Bucks saying, okay, we're not going to play, and then everybody coming together. That was powerful. That was really powerful for all of us as players, too, in the NFL. And I think, you know, I, I think about all that pressure on you guys and, you know, the pressure on us as athletes, too, to, to you know, to, to do it the right way. And to, what do we do here, man? Like, I, we need to do something about this. And I think, you know, I, I heard that you had had a cool conversation with President Obama. Maybe is that is that true? Did you, did you pick up the phone and get to talk to him at all? Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I get to talk to him pretty often because he's been Unbelievable. Oh, no big deal. I get to talk to President Obama. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to make it seem like he was the reason why we did anything. But it's sort of, he's just been an unbelievable like mentor and helped just talk through yeah. situations other than just this one. What what was unbelievable in this situation and what I think you and other guys in your league understand and what's a little bit di- different is y'all play like once a week, right? So the thing with the bubble is we had got we were playing every other day, right? So we play every other day. So say we play on a Monday. Tuesday, you're basically getting your body ready to play on Wednesday, right? So there was like no real time to digest things that were happening. And like you was talking about, while you're in this bubble, you're away from your family. You are trying to be this amazing dad. You're trying to be a husband. You trying to manage your other family members, right? Trying to perfect your craft. You trying to make a positive impact on social justice. And so everything is happening. And then you've got to go out here and perform at the highest level. And then they're throwing a microphone in front of your face asking you how you feel. You haven't <laughs> had time to think about it or what the, how, right. how the process. And I think that was very yeah. real, real for us, but especially for you guys, because you guys are actually playing the games already. Yeah, you like you like, man, I don't know how to feel. And that's why we had to really take that like like reset. Like we had to 
slow down and stop. And we weren't worried about what anybody was saying on the outside. Like, what are y'all doing? Why y'all ain't playing? Listen, we are humans. <laughs> we are people first and foremost. And that's, I think, the part that I take away from those conversations more than everything is that you know what it's like. Like, I watch when y'all games in, right? When y'all game's over, somebody kneel, time run out, everybody walk across the field and dap everybody up, right? Like, you and the other quarterback, you be like, yo, good game. See you. Hope you're in the family well. Boom. And that's it a lot of times, right? Yeah. And that's it. See, in the bubble, we got a chance to really talk. Because for us, over the course of the season, after the game, is dap up. Good game. I'll talk to you. I'll see you soon. I'll see you whenever, actually. But we got a chance to get in that room. And I mean, I don't know how y'all can do it, but I'm just I'm just telling you, man, like at some point, that's when you really get down to God's purpose. Right. Like, what do we want to do with all this power that we have? And we still got a ways to go. But that conversation in that big ballroom was was a huge starting point. When, when I think about that, you guys circling up, we, we had done we, we were able to do that with our team, but we weren't able to do that with all 32. Um, but we had some heavy, heated conversations, emotional. I mean, I mean, just tears fall, falling and the people just talking about their scenarios, the situations, all of us, you know, in so many different ways. And, you know, I think about just the weight of all that, you know, and, you know, in the, in the process of you, know, you guys circling up in the meetings, I, you know, LeBron having to walk out of a meeting because it's uh, tension, emotional, everything else, all this stuff's going on. You know, and what did, what did you kind of learn? What have you learned from Obama just in the, the times that you had spent together, you know, in the past or even in that midst of everything going on? Did, did you lean on any advice from him or from anybody else that you know, any other people in your life that it really impacted your thought process to help lead and lead the best uh, way possible? Yeah, a, a lot of different people, a lot of different people. Um, I think. I mean, from from people, what I've learned and even experience, right? Who we always say, like, experience is the best teacher. No matter what it is, if if I miss this shot or I make this pass or whatnot, if I do it a few times and it don't go the right way, then it's like, okay, I'm I'm learning from it. So what what I've learned the most in all these years is how important communication is, right? No matter how uncomfortable or hard the conversation is, what I've learned is that if I at least tell you how I feel, Right. And you don't necessarily like it. And we sort of get into it a little bit. At least we know where each other stand. Right. And then we can work from there instead of me talking about it behind your back over here and then you getting wind of it. And now we get nowhere. So through the situations that were happening, you know, arguments and people would be like, oh, I'm done with it. I'm over. And I'm like, no, we we can't. We're going to stay here and talk about this because it's too important. I would love, I'd love to just ask both of you guys, uh, as a white guy with all these things, like I want to know how to, ha- I mean, the conversations I'm having those with all my loved ones and people and friends and things like that, but how do I navigate it in like modern times with, you know, like I want to post about Black Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter, but then I get like little comments below that, like, oh, you're just trying to pile on and there's a great tug of war in my heart sometimes to just shut up and listen or to say something and be part of it and to use the the little bit of notoriety that I have to say what I feel and what I think. But I never fully have an answer of how I should navigate it as, as a, as a white person. And forgive me if you've already asked, answered this kind of question, like on a podcast, but I would love to just know personally how you think uh, I should 
help or navigate it? You want me to answer first, or you? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you go first, and then, and then I'll uh, be the star of the show today. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's the communication aspect of it, right? Like, if you just jump out there and start talking about this, I know what this is like, I know what this is like, that's not necessarily true, right? Because unless you've been racially profiled, know what it's like to uh, drive down the street and be pulled over and ask these certain questions or things like that, you just, you just don't really know. So, uh, first of all, you have to be true to who you are anything that's authentic or whatnot, you can't necessarily worry about cyber trolls who are out there trying to uh, defame you or anything like that. But it always goes back to conversation, right? If you ask, like you just ask us, right? But even if you ask people that you are friends with or something like that, I think that goes a long way to, you know, people always say like silence is compliance, right? Mm -hmm. like if you don't ever say nothing about it. To forget social media. But the people that you're around on a daily basis, whether it's at work or whatnot, if you ask them genuinely, like, what can I do, right? Yeah. That's, that's in your environment. Now, when you have those conversations, I think the people around you, they might initially be like, why the hell is he asking you that? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. That be the initial, but once they process it, they'll be like, he's genuinely asking. He's concerned. He wants to know. And then you can build off those conversations. And that's why, like Russ said, these conversations are important because for a long time, people just did things and never talked about it. Yeah. Like, we'll promote this person. We'll, we'll do this. And, and it doesn't just happen to, to, to black people. It's, it's a, a woman thing, too. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, why are their salaries one thing and they, theirs aren't? So... Yeah, I, I, so I agree with you, Chris. I think the biggest thing is, is there's the lack of conversation around real issues. And, and honestly, people get offended too easily in the sense of, well, I don't... You know, I don't want to offend you this and that. These are things we got to talk about. We're talking about yeah. matters of life or death. We're talking about <laughs> in, people's, in people's communities, our communities, our own people that we that we know personally and family members and everything else. So, you know, the reality is, Jeff, when you ask that question is, is it's not just about asking the question. It's not just about posting about it, you know, and, and, and just posting it and, and leaving it there and then, you know, walking away from it. But it's actually about doing something about it. What are you going to do to change you know, your community, your conversation, your language. What are you going to do to help influence the people that, you know, honestly, they may, they may be racist, you know, so how are you going to, sure. how are you going to hold them accountable and having those heavy conversations? And I think the only way, as, as Chris is saying, you know, so beautifully is that the best way to have change is to communicate about what we need to do for change and have an open heart and open mind to help change it. And, we need people to be able to vote. You know, I know, Chris, I know, for example, you're so big into the voting process, me, me and Sierra too, and we're involved with I'm a voter and all that stuff. But, you know, the process of that and actually getting real change to happen, you know, it's just such a critical part. And Chris, you, you know, you've, you've been a big proponent of that, you know, and, and your thoughts and everything else around voting, obviously the election's coming up soon and, you know, and everything else. So I think that's such a huge part of it, right? Man, you're exactly right. And that's where, once again, we're getting a chance to see the power of, like, athlete influence, right? Or entertainers or whatever it be, whatever it may be. And you, you think back to the Cleveland Summit, right? With Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and those guys. Like, that was just sort of a, like a small community of athletes. Now look at us now, Russ. Look at us. You know what I mean? We got our leagues. We got our leagues, and we're really starting to see how strong we can be when we come together. Like, if you look at 
the NBA now, for a while, there were Black Lives Matter t-shirts. Now they say vote, right? And so once again, it goes back to the education piece, right? We got to keep educating each other, like keep having these discussions, learning about uh, voting. Like the, the presidential um, debate is tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Probably one of the most watched <laughs> debates ever. I know, I can't. It would be a circus. But it's, but, it's, but it's time and it's time. And I mean, I'm 35 years old and I get mad at myself at times because, yeah, I wasn't as educated on John Lewis, on C.T. Vivian and, you know, Justice RBG and all these different people, you know. But guess guess who's going to be well versed in everything about them? my kids. Our kids. Our kids my, sure. Yeah, our kids. Our kids. So, um, you know, timing is everything. And, you know, what what better time than now? Yeah. By the way, your son is like the best dressed uh, man on Instagram. Yeah, I know you like clothes. You said it earlier. I was going to pop it in there. But there was a time when you were playing for the clips where like, I think it was like every week. I was like, that kid is smooth. I was showing everyone. He was just an ever. I can't take no credit for that. That's oh, all. Really? That's all. <laughs> yeah. He's doing good. He's so cute. <laughs> So uh, real, real fast, I'm going to do this ad read, and then I, I got another really good question about your leadership here, because uh, yep, I, I love I love just how you process everything and everything else. So I got to do this ad read. I'm excited about it. Uh, DraftKings is, is our sponsor, but here we go. Last week uh, is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and prepare for this week. There's no better place to get in all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use code DANGERTALK. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week for action. Enter code DANGERTALK to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code DANGERTALK, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So, uh, listen, we, we got some things coming up here. So, first of all, before I talk about the NBA finals, what's happening? <laughs> first of all, I, I, I want to know something real fast. I, I love how you process everything. We've talked about, you know, your kids talking about uh, the success. Talk about putting the bubble together, all that whole process, the conversations about everything that's been going on with COVID to to the racial injustices and what to do and everything else. Describe to me, obviously, you've played in the NBA for so long been so successful, so much, so many great things. I mean, awards after awards and accomplishments after accomplishments and all the things you've done, the people that you've impacted. And you've talked about some of the best players you've played with and everything else and people that you, you know, all, all that. But ex- describe to me Chris Paul's leadership style. Because I, I, I want to learn from you because I whenever we have somebody like you, I, I want to learn from you. You know, we're, we're similar in age, roughly, you know, I'm 31, you're 35. But there's the success that you've had and sustained success. I think young kids need to hear why you're so successful. So describe to me, though, in a team setting and also one on one, your leadership style, how you've done it all. Man, that's funny because uh, I'm going to tell you straight up, like my leadership style in sports and off the court might be totally different. Yeah. <laughs> might be totally different and it's it's one of those things that everybody's not gonna love it everybody's not gonna love it um 
I think, you know, everyone, you know, sort of talking about Jimmy Butler right now, right? Like yeah. depending on who who you're with, who your teammates are, everybody's not going to like you. And as you know, as a quarterback, especially when you're in that prime position on the team, yeah. I don't know if everybody likes you, but I know everybody don't always like me. So one of the things, first and foremost, is you got to do the work. You I learned that at, a, at an early age, right, is that I I would never ask anything of you as my teammate that I wouldn't do myself. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I can really stand on that. I can really stand on that. So from day one, and I tell you, I've had all these different years in my career. I remember when I got back from uh, 06 USA team, and how confident I was going to that next season. You know, I remember uh, after the Olympics, how confident I was. And what's crazy, and you know, as, a, as an athlete, when you talk about being a leader, a lot of stuff is based off confidence. And this might've been the oddest year in my career going to Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. right? Because I've been I've been traded, right? First time in my career, like I was sort of like been traded blindside, like didn't know it was gonna happen. And so I was talking to D'Angelo Russell the other day, and we was talking about leading. He was talking about leading like a younger team. And I told him, I said, you know, first and foremost, uh, I try to lead with time. Yeah. Right? So when I get with my teammates, invest that time, right? Like if it's playing cars at night, if it's going to eat, it's building that time. And then you got to put in the, the sweat effort, right? The work. They got to know that you ain't just, because they don't know, right? They don't know. They, they just know you've been nice for a while. They don't know what you're working on, <laughs> right? So the sweat equity. Mm-hmm. But then this was the crazy part in Oklahoma is I had to prove myself again, right? I'm going to my 15th year, but the media has an unbelievable way of basically making it seem like you're sorry <laughs> or like you're old, right? So... I had to prove myself to, to my teammates and my coaches. And so my leadership style is I'm going to do whatever it, it takes to win, right? I'll work as hard as you want to, as long as you want to. Whatever it takes to win, I'm, I'm going to do it. You know, I, I think I relate to you on that because, as you mentioned in the beginning, you know, not everybody always going to like you. You know, and it's not, about, it's not about you necessarily liking me. It's really about us winning. That's the only thing I really care about. We out here to, to do this right, to, to play right, to play at the highest level. And that's what it takes. Like, so if you don't like me because, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to be dialed. I'm going to lay it all. The, I'm going to lay it all on the field. That's the one thing I, I'll say about what I try to do when, I, when it's all said and done for me one day, you know, hopefully 10, 15 years from now, uh, you know, that every every single one of my teammates said, man, he 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 laid it all on the field. Every game, every practice. There wasn't a difference between practice and the game. You know, what I'm saying right. that's what I want people to always feel. I'm kind of old school in that approach. And so. You know, I, I think, too, also, too, all the things that you talked about in terms of, you know, the relationships and stuff and how do you do that, you know, and that's something that I'm, I'm learning. So I, I, and, and just continue to build that art of that and trying to do that, you know, and just always trying to invest the time when you can. You know, it's tougher when you got family and you got you know kids and that, that makes it even more challenging, you know, and you're always trying to improve everything you have. So, you know, you're going through that whole process. But. You know, I know I know we don't have crazy long with you because you got so many things going on and everything else. So I want to get to this NBA Finals. So we got we got NBA right. Finals coming up. You you got the Lakers. You got the Heat. You know, you got all this stuff. I'm not gonna ask you quite yet. I'm gonna ask you in a minute here. You yeah. think it's gonna win it all? But just as we're going through it all, you know, you know, I know you have a relationship with LeBron and everything else. But ha- what what do you think about these two teams? The process of it all. It's kind of crazy how these teams have gotten here to this to this point. You know, and, and so how how are you feeling about it and everything else and just 
you know, just thinking about, can you believe that we're actually here to the NBA playoffs? You know, yeah, his, um, I don't know, is it's real crazy when you think about it. And like, like we talked about earlier, being involved in all the conversations, right? Mm-hmm. Like I remember the initial talks of, are we going to play? Where are we going to play? How are we going to do testing? How many teams are we going to have? Like at one point, it was 22 teams. No, was it 22 teams? Something like that. I think you got started out with 22. Yeah, right. You, you may have ended know. up with 22, yeah. Yeah, it might have ended. I don't know. It's a, it's a blur. But I wasn't, I there. I wasn't I, there. I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, it was actually going to be more teams. Then we got to this certain amount of teams. And I remember having calling players and be like, look, y'all's team not going to come because y'all y'all not close to that, right? So I remember the first day I got to the bubble, like I walked in and it's a lady named Cle- Kelly Flateau who works for the league, who I've been on 40 Zoom. I don't know how many Zooms with. And I'd never seen her like face to face. And it was like, man, we here, right? And so I remember the first like preseason game in the bubble and Adam and all us talked and was like, man, this is like step one, right? Then we got to the game and it was like, this is step. So we're not there yet, but it's amazing to see that the finals have gotten here. And the other question you asked from a player perspective Man, we play, I play all season long. And there's sometimes we lose games. And I'll be like, man, we should have beat them. Like, we we can play with them in a seven-game series or whatnot. One of the losses this year, when we lost to this team, I was like, man, they just, they beat us. They beat us bad. Like, you can let it rip, Chris. Tell us no, what you're thinking, man. No, you can us on this podcast. Listen, listen it, was, it was Miami. Yeah. Like, Miami. And they... They just, they beat the hell out of us, right? And it wasn't like we was missing shots and all that. It was like they had all these little tricks as far as like coming to set a ball screen and saying something to make you think you're switching. And they just played so good together as a team. Yeah, Spolster's done a good job with those guys. Man, listen, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> it's certain teams you play against, it's like, okay, we got we to gotta cut him off. We just slow Braun down a little bit or make it kick, him, kick it to the other guys because – Make the other guys beat you, right? Denver like that and Miami like that. Miami on a whole nother level because they don't have that guy who you know going to drop 20, 25 every game. Yeah, exactly. So the way that they move, the way that they defend, they just the consummate team. And I, I like actually like watching them play. Well, yeah, so you're I, saying the Lakers. I think that he said Lakers. Uh, right I, I think that's what he said. Well, we're about to find out. We're about to do this two-minute drill here. So we got, we got a couple minutes left with you, Chris. But uh, we, we always do this two-minute drill. As you know, as you're a big-time point guard and everything else. That's you part know, of the and, football and, game. And, and, real fast question. Before we go to two-minute drill, t- 10 seconds on, you know, what, what makes a great point guard? I think qu- quarterback point guard, I want to give you my version of what I think, too. But what makes yeah, a great point guard real fast? No, you you give me your version. Yeah, so I think what makes a great what makes a great point guard slash quarterback, great communicator, leader, always always willing to 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 step up to the plate. I think you got to be clutch, you know. And I think another part is you got to be engaged. You got to be able to be engaged in the midst of the moments and to be able to look guys in the eye and let them know what this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going. This is what we're going to do to 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 drive to drive the to drive the the car to drive the boat to to fly the to fly the plane. You know what I mean? Like you you got to be able to be in it every single second. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that's and you got to be shorter than all the other players. Yeah, you got to be the shortest on the field, of course. <laughs> you're, you're, you're exactly right. And for me, to love the game that I do, 
you got to be like a student of the game, yeah. right? Like you gotta, you got to just be engulfed in it. Like I'm in the off season and I'm up, I'm up, uh, you know, early in the morning, like five thirty in the morning. And my wife see I got my iPad and I'm sitting over there watching. Um, I'm sitting over there watching Second Spectrum, yep. right? I'm watching every shot that I've made or missed throughout the whole season. Like I do that all the time. And so even when you talk about like from football. Like, my favorite part of the game is game on the line. I'm wait. Like, if you got all your timeouts, mm -hmm. I'm watching. I'm managing. You got to manage the clock. It's yeah. like, okay, should I spike it? It's, it's even, like, one of my favorite plays for a quarterback is to have the wherewithal to eye your receiver and act like you're going to spike it. Then he take off. Yeah, that's, right? that's one of the best plays. Just, yeah. just clock management, time management. Y'all was playing, what, what was it, New England? Mm -hmm. uh, that close game, what was that, a week ago? Two weeks ago, New England, yeah. We had New England, and we beat your Cowboys, too, just so you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that. <laughs> but listen, I was watching that New England game, and I'm watching. You know what I mean? Like, that's my biggest thing is to, is to watch out at the end of halves. But more so at the end of games to see if you're going to try to get that extra yard and get out of bounds, if you're going to slide. Because I'm, I'm constantly looking at the clock. I'm constantly looking at the clock. How many timeouts he got? Okay. And I'm I'm thinking like IQ of a player if a player is thinking about the team or is a player being selfish because mm -hmm. sometimes you'll hit one of those players on a slant route right and they know they need to get out of bounds and stop the clock but then they're trying to get upfield a little bit more like all that stuff and I I know that's happening for you in real oh, time for sure man <laughs> call them all the plays and have to remember everything it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> so you can hey Jeff Dye Chris Paul is definitely my quarterback on my five player team NBA team <laughs> so real fast we, so speaking about playing we got we got two minute drill here. And then I got one other little quick question for you, and we're done. This has been amazing, Chris. I appreciate you. Uh, I know you love the two-minute drill when the game's on the line. So we got some rapid-fire questions. Jeff Dye, you ready? Uh-oh. I'm ready. Here's right. how it works, Chris. I'm just going to ask you questions. You give me the first thing just right. right away as quick as you can. And uh, it'll always be you first, and then Russ is going to answer, okay? So when I get I'm done, it's just right to you. And, and, uh -huh. and it can only be one of them, right, Chris? I mean, I won't, only yeah, one of them, right, Jeff? none of this bulk, man. Sometimes these guys come on here like, oh, you know, bulk. It's like, that's not fun. That's not the game we're playing. Where you got to pick. <laughs> what you uh, asking? Question. Uh, yeah, well, there might be some doozy. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Put the two minutes on the clock here and go. All right, you like watching a three-pointer or an alley-oop? Alley-oop. Alley-oop. All right. Best smack-talking opponent? Um, Trevor Reason. I would say uh, I would say Richard Sherman. All right. Demon Deacons or Wolfpack? It's easy. Go deep. <laughs> come on, go pack, baby. Go, come on, Wolfpack all day. <laughs> all right. Cliff Paul or Alonzo uh, playing Chris Paul? <laughs> or, oh, Cliff. Cliff, Cliff. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cliff. <laughs> All right. Favorite point guard to watch in the NBA? Obviously, besides yourself, at 5:30 in the morning. Who is it? Um, this year was uh, Jamal Murray. That's a good one. Russ, besides um, Chris Paul. Besides Chris Paul, Jamal Murray's a good one. Um, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Damian Lillard. Damian 60 Lillard, seconds left. All right. Uh, nice shades or nice shoes? You got to choose. Nice shoes. I'm going shoes all day. All right. Documentary or movie? Documentary. 
I'm going to movie. Okay. Before you were married, you like a short gal or a tall gal? Short. I'm going to go with short because I ain't that tall. So. <laughs> right, right. All right. This is a Clippers question, but Chuck the Condor or Clipper Daryl? Clipper Daryl. Clipper Daryl. All right. Date night in or date night out? I'm such a homebody, so I'm gonna say date night, date night out. Yeah, I'm gonna go date night out because I've, I've been stuck in COVID for dang. I haven't yeah, we're all stuck in it. Right. We're all sick of it. All right, Broncos or Jets for Thursday night football? Last one. Broncos. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Broncos. The Broncos. Going. Yeah, that's pretty easy. I don't think the Jets have won for years. Nice job, guys. Right, wait, 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 Jeff. What about what about the Lakers Heat? Well, I think he already answered. I think it's Lakers. I don't know. No, I, he said he I, I, I haven't. I haven't picked either. So ask All the right, question. Two minutes Jeff. over. So here we go. This is overtime. We're in overtime. Overtime. All right. So I'm gonna just say it. The Los Angeles Lakers or the Miami Heat. The Lakers. My brother LeBron over there. Never. Never I'm, I'm gonna go against the odds. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Heat because Chris Paul is going with the Lakers. But I don't know, man. I think I think LeBron gonna win it. But I'm, I'm gonna go with the Heat just to make it interesting in a six game, seven game series. I hope it's another series because, like I said, I love <laughs> I love watching Miami play. But I don't yeah. like Miami Heat at all. Russ, can you name six Miami Heat right now? I, I can't right now. I, I don't get to watch it enough. I've been, I've been, I got Hero. I got Butler. Uh, I forget the big guy who could blocks all the shots. Uh, you know, I, I got Spolstra. You know, you know big dollar, big dollar. You know, so I, I got, I got no most of them. I got most of them. Kind of has them. Yeah, I got, I got most of them. But uh, Lakers all day. Last thing here, Chris. Before you go, you know, we do this uh, fun thing. You know, speaking about you being such an amazing hero. Um, I have a company called Good Man Brand. You, you love fashion and everything else. First of all, I'm going to send you some Good Man Brands so you can rock it. But uh, an- another thing, though, is we talk about these these uh, doing good in the world, and we always give 3% back to every time somebody ever buys something, does something. So it's a pretty cool process. And we've been able to help so many kids around the world and the country, uh, you know, giving over millions of dollars to, you know, help with this process along the way with the Why Not You Foundation. But one of the things that I think about is you being such a hero to so many others, you know, you know, who's a, who's an everyday hero for you? I know you got to run, but who's an everyday hero for you? And just why do you always, you know, so inspired to give back? You know, what, what, why is that? You know, it's funny. My everyday hero um, would be my dad. Yeah. Be my dad. And, you know, and what we do is so many times when people win an award and they want to be like, oh, thanks, mom. I love you, mom. You know what I mean? But my dad, my dad has been unbelievable in my life, my entire life. Right. And I'm 35 year old, 15 year NBA veteran. And I still care what my dad thinks in every situation. And so my pops, my dad turns 60 on Saturday coming up and love for basketball and football started with my dad. Right. So we talk about the most like God fearing, selfless human being I ever met in my life. Yeah. It's bad. Isn't your wife going to be upset about that answer? You know, she's teaching the kids. It's been the bubble. You know, she she might hear this. Hey, listen here. My wife didn't give me my answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good answer. Good answer. Well, well Chris, we got to send your pop something, too. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get your dad's shoe size and maybe send him a nice <laughs> pair of shoes or something like that. But listen, man, it's an honor to have you. Uh, such a blessing to get to know you. 
uh, in so man. many different ways, man. And uh, we got to go play golf together. I saw you down in Mexico playing golf at one time. We got to play golf together, man. Let's get it. Exactly. You know I mean? yeah. Exactly. You let me know when. When your season get over, we'll yeah. go right out. Yeah, hopefully after the Super Bowl, man. But listen, I'll talk to you. And uh, super grateful to have you, man. Just thank you for the inspirational words. Thank you for your leadership. Thanks for everything you do. And thank you for joining Danger Talk. Chris Paul in the house, baby. You're the best. You're the best. Appreciate y'all. All All right, man. It's an honor. I'll see you later. That was Chris Paul. All right, man. We'll see you, brother. That was Chris Paul, the one and only, man. Just uh, such a special, special time. I mean, think about this, guys. On the court, Chris Paul is a force uh, to be reckoned with. Uh, I mean, this guy's done so much. He's done so many amazing things. Uh, Such a fierce competitor. Um, I mean, Jeff, that was amazing just talking to him about not just his success on the court, but just his family, but also what he's really meant to culture, what he's really meant to um, him wearing, for example, fashion and wearing HBCUs for so many years and uh, him and stylist and just but also to the conversation around the tension and the conversation and the deep, deep emotional times and necessary conversations that needed to happen with and, and that have been happening or continuing to happen, you know, in the bubble outside of the bubble on these conversations about COVID, but also racial injustice and everything else. He has been the leader in all those conversations. It's been That's amazing. Awesome. And, you know, honestly, I I, I want to make sure that the NFL and, you know, NFL PA and NBA PA get together because we need to have one. Chris Paul, if you ever get to listen to this and, you know, and we, we got to get together, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a text, but we got to, we got to make sure that we're getting together um, both, both, both organizations, both sports and having these deep conversations and, and as much as possible, because we could learn so much from the NBA, but also from you, man, it's an honor. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to pick up that golf game one day, Jeff. Yeah. Bring him to the WCI, huh? Heck yeah. Also like, I hope that he wins some championship rings too, before he retires, as soon as he leaves Oklahoma city. And I think I speak for all the Seattle fans when I say that, but I hope Chris Paul leaves Oklahoma City and I hope he wins a ton of championships. I hope he leaves Oklahoma City and I hope he brings Oklahoma City back to sign to the you know yeah, yeah. Oh, I that, that would be a great so happy. Just pull away to do that. Uh, but that was an amazing conversation, man. We learned so much from him. Uh, Chris, thank you for joining us, man. It's an honor. Well, there's one that you're playing. You're heading to Miami, Russ. You're on your way to Miami for this week. We are. Uh, yeah. It's one of the one of the only places allowing fans. Are you excited for this? You're gonna actually get to play in front of some people. I'm fired up, obviously, to play another game. But it's kind of crazy because you know, Jeff, because of all the stuff going on with you know COVID and everything else, and the players getting it in Tennessee, and then you have those three players. I think guide. I think five personnel. Um, the Vikings having to shut down practice and in, in, in Tennessee as well, and uh, we don't even know if they're gonna play the game this week. Um, obviously, the state of Florida has been going through so much with COVID, and honestly, they haven't really shut down that much, really. I mean, they shut down for a period of time, but you know, people are on the beaches and stuff. So it'll be interesting. You know, I'm just praying for health, health and safety for us players, um, for the fans as well who do go. Um, it's kind of a crazy time. And so, um, but, you know, obviously, football has been great so far. It's been fun to play out there. And, and uh, you know, we're going up against, you know, a team that that can do a lot of good things on, on offense and defense. So we got to be ready to play, and uh, it's a long flight. I know that <laughs> five about yeah. six hours from good old Pacific Northwest. Well, speaking of safety, that Cowboys game, you guys, uh, there was injuries on both sides of the of the field, which was that's too bad. You know, Chris Carson, Damian Lewis, Jamal Adams. Uh, how are those guys doing? I didn't. I don't have any updates on that. Yeah, they're, they're doing better. They're, they're doing pretty good. So you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they they make it through. Hopefully they can play this week. Hopefully, if not this week, then you know, in the next week or two. So, 
Um, those guys, man, they, they do everything they can to get back. And we have a great training staff to help them get back to and tra- strength staff. So that helps. And uh, that's a big part of it, you know, just the team that you have around you that can help you get back. So I know that's been a big part of something that I've invested in, you know, on the performance side of just having, you know, the ability to get back and get healthy and play and feel great every every week and to feel 100%. So that's a big part of the process. And I know we have a great, like I said, a great training staff and strength staff to, to help that process. That's good to hear. Uh, I know you developed like a relationship with Tua. Are you going to catch up with him at all at the pregame? I mean, yeah, you know, he FaceTimed seems me. Seems like a while ago, but you know, he FaceTimed me. Backup. Yeah, he FaceTimed me um, right before, right before the first game. Actually, so we FaceTimed each other. You know, we, we were talking on uh, and just got to, uh, you know, he was. I think he was in his first training camp. Just wanted to buzz in, so I we got to sure. FaceTime a little bit, and so I'm rooting for him. I think he's just a, such a tremendous player. Um, I know Fitz, Fitzy is doing his thing. It's amazing how Fitzy has been balling the way he's been over all these years and uh, some of the things that he can do. But I know Tua will be a great quarterback in the NFL. I'm rooting for him. I, I've gotten to talk to him a bunch over the years when he was at Alabama. We texted, talked to a bunch, and then and then also through the draft process, you know. And uh, you just you know, I know he's ready to play at some point. So it's been cool getting to know him and and uh, being able to FaceTime him and talk to him a little bit here and there. Um, like I said, he buzzed me recently, so it was uh, pretty cool. I'm glad to see. Sounds you. like it sounds like you're a Fitz Magic believer. Is that what is that what I'm? Mean? He's a pretty good player, man. He's been able to do it. Anybody <laughs> who anybody who can play this position till they're 37, 38 years old in the NFL, starter or backup or whatever. I mean, you're you're a special player. I mean, just because it's so hard, it's so hard to be good in this league. It's so hard to to make it. It's like you know, I'm one of 32 men in the world. I get to do what I get to do. I always say that. And the reality is, is that it's hard to be. It's hard to be. It's hard to be a starter. It's hard to be even good at it, and it's hard to be great. And uh, I think he's been able to be in the league for so long. So yeah, I, I think he's he's got some magic in him. Hopefully, he doesn't pull any tricks out on us. <laughs> great beard. Well, man, we are four for four. The Seahawks are are three for three. Super pumped. You're crushing it. You're on fire, uh, man. We're, we're just we're killing it lately. It's Paul being a Cowboys fan, so I'm gonna have to rub it in. I'm gonna have to. You know, send Chris some good old Seahawks gear. I'm thinking, you know, something. When something are we special. gonna When are we gonna have a guest who loves the Seahawks first? You know, know. that's what I'm wondering. We may have to do that soon. But listen, we have a very, very special guest next week. We just had Chris Paul, episode four of Danger Talk, um, season one. It's been amazing so far with Shaq and all the insight he gave us. Uh, also, obviously, John David Washington, all the his new movie Tenant, and all the amazing things he's been able to do. Then you think about. You know, obviously, Randy Moss talking about Bill Belichick and the stories of him and Tom, yeah. and just all the lessons that he's learned and everything else. And then CP3, Chris Paul coming on, talking about the NBA playoffs, who he thinks is going to win, but also talking about all the racial tensions and voting and how all important all this stuff matters and how he's led the NBA PA. But next week is going to be an exciting week. We can't wait to tell you guys about it. And we're fired up about what's next. So uh, make sure you guys tell your friends, subscribe to Danger Talk. We're so grateful uh, we're right here on Apple. We're also on ESPN. And uh, we're having so much such a blast. We want to thank uh, Apple for the for the help, but we also want to thank ESPN, our team, uh, our our producer Daniel Mogg, also Max over at ESPN. You guys have been amazing. Thank you guys for helping us with this. So many uh, other thanks to Jen Aiello and and uh, and Chantal and just so many people that help us get this team together and have some such amazing guests. We're grateful for you guys and Danger Talk. This is a special day. Another good one, huh, Jeff? Yes, sir. Jeff, Jeff, are you doing any shows anytime soon? 
Uh, I got a bunch of shows coming up. They're all on jeffdye.com. I got a bunch of All right, bunch check, of, check, bunch check, of things. check them out on jeffdye.com. I'm my co-host, my man. Make sure you wear your mask while you do it, Jeff. And uh, right. <laughs> we will see you guys soon. Thank you guys for joining Danger Talk. Episode four, we out. See you guys next week. Woo. Episode five, coming soon. Peace. Thank you guys so much for listening to Danger Talk with Russell Wilson and my co-host, Jeff Dye. Make sure you guys subscribe every Wednesday. We'll be right here for you guys with a great guest every week during the football season. 